and that's the reason why we need to worship, praise God even more like never before. Because right before our very eyes, we are seeing scriptures manifest. Hallelujah. You are trying to make me sing what? What? Praise the Lord. I, I was very, I'm very tempted, but <laughs> praise the Lord. But the idea is that we need to keep our faith. And one way to keep our faith is in rejoicing. It's not just something that we come and we say in church. And God has been telling us, he's told us true scriptures. He said, this is your weapon. It's part of our weapon of war to rejoice. Let's rise up this morning and give a victory shout. Another victory shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it differently. Let's do it from our, from our bellies. Let's feel it. In here. Can we do that this morning? So I'm going to say praise the Lord. And before I finish the praise the Lord, you guys are going to start with the hallelujah, right? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are so many churches out there who are not able to shout like this. So let's, let's, let's help them. So we're going to shout some more. Can we shout some more? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we declare with one voice that you are worthy of our praise. We declare that you are worthy of our praise. And it is our good pleasure and we thank you for the opportunity to be able to gather today and give you praise. We don't take it lightly. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated this morning. Please put up Isaiah 60. We're going to start from there this morning. You know, on the calendar, you'll notice that this is the month of change, of growth. And part of, of growth is change. If you're going to grow, if you're going to advance, you're going to change. And one of the things that, and if you change, you will grow and you will advance. If you change in the right direction, that you should change. And one of the things that God has said to us this year was that, is, is that, that this is a year of change said it to us in so many ways when he said arise he's talking about change you know so he said now this is going to be this is going to be a year of change and depending on you it's going to depend you know depending on the individual or whoever is hearing the prophecy will be whether you'll be on the bad side of the change or on the good side of the change is that what he said to us all right <laughs> you know we need to go back and listen to messages and god does not he doesn't do things any other way apart from his word. Sometimes we are looking for somebody to come and say, Thus says the Lord. How many times did Jesus say, Thus says the Lord, when he was teaching? He just taught. And as we follow what Jesus is saying, then we have victory in every circumstance and every situation, right? Praise the Lord. So God has been saying to us, he has been saying to us in teachings, he has been saying to us in Thus said... And my prayer is that we are able to believe and we are able to receive. I'm waiting for Isaiah 60. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I need you to help me this morning. Hallelujah. And so I'm going to be talking about the fact, just because I guess everybody's mind is on, is on corona in this season. And it's good to, to talk about it a little bit, right? In a positive way. And so pastor has already begun to share with us that the corona thing is not, the, the root is not what people think it is. Some people are, have been prophesying that, oh, the, the thing is from the sea, all kinds of things. But I'll show you something else that the Bible says is from the sea. 
<laughs> if we're able to get to it today. <laughs> but anyway, it says, um, Isaiah 60, arise. And arise also means to change, right? It says, arise, shine for the light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to the light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. And he says, lift up your eyes round about and see. All they gather themselves together, they come to thee. Thy sons shall come from afar, and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Then thou shalt see and flow together, and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged. That word fear is talking about we shall rejoice, amen, will be in awe. Because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. Did you see that? So it depends on where you are. Some people are saying, no, this, this coronavirus thing and everything is from the spirit coming from the sea, blah, blah. The one that comes from the sea that affects us is the abundance. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Oh, he has a counter <laughs> for everything that the enemy has. If you look in scripture, you will find it. He said, for the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. The forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. Verse 6 says, the multitude of camels will cover thee. And the dromedaries of Midian and Ephan and all they from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense and they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. Now go back to one. Now, when we look at verse one, the Bible says, arise, shine. That means that you were able to shine before, but you were not shining because you did not arise. And so when God is talking to us and when God is talking about the darkness and we're looking at darkness, there is also a darkness in the church that needs to be dealt with. The darkness of blindness of eyes, the darkness of unbelief. Now, one of the things that you discover is that that's going on in this time, if you are um, acquainted with scripture and you listen to a lot of what pastor is saying, is that there is an attention that is being brought both to the unbelievers and to the believers. There is an attention. Because many times as God began to deal with his people, and Pastor read the scripture this morning, he said that um, in 2 Chronicles 7.14, he says, If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. So sometimes people just want to pray, but they don't want to turn from their wicked ways. And when the Bible is talking about wicked ways, it's not only just talking about the sin of adultery. Because some people say, that does not apply to me. I don't, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't commit adultery. But what do you believe? Because in Hebrews 3, please put it up, verse 12, the Bible says you should take heed. Lest there be an evil heart of unbelief in you. And so God is calling an evil heart a heart of unbelief. So unbelief is having an evil heart. And that means that we need to turn away from that evil of not believing God. Because it is very rampant and we need to check ourselves, people. This time is not just a time of trying to look at what other people are doing. Or trying to say, ah, you know, maybe these people are bad and all of It's also a time to search yourself. And see what you really believe. Because somehow, some people don't even know what they believe. 
until trials, temptations, and trouble comes. Then, what is in the heart is tested. But at the same time, sometimes people still miss it. But we can't miss it. Now, one of the things that you see about this generation that is coming up, which we are changing, is their seeker-sensitive generation. Somebody called them the, the, the saved but without lordship, without an understanding of lordship or stuff like that. Like they have no clue. And we have got to change that. They have no clue what it means to serve the living God. To them is what is convenient. What fits into my schedule? What is cool? But we need to have a relationship. A relationship, an intimacy with God. And I don't mean to run ahead of myself, but that's fine. Because one of the things that you see, one of the scriptures that I've noticed that is going on a lot right now in, on, on social media is Psalm 91. But that Psalm 91 is conditional. You can't take Psalm 91 and pray it for everybody. It's for only him that dwells in the secret place of the Almighty. The meaning of Goshen, if you look at Goshen, where the people were, were, were protected and delivered, even though they were in Egypt, in that area, intimacy, drawing near to God. That's what that means. So, but we want to pray, just pray, 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 God, do it now, God. Can't you see we are hurting, Lord? Change it, Lord. But they don't want to change their ways. And the ways that God is concerned about is not just adultery, fornication. It's what do you believe about God? Who is he to you? And so the root cause of the coronavirus, like we've already begun to hear, it's not China. It is an evil heart of unbelief. Because God has called out to his people, called out to the nations, and because there are still people who refuse to receive the gospel, people who refuse to also preach, that's the root. So the root of it is unbelief. God is not just about all these little, little sins. Now, if, you, if your heart is in God, guess what? He will take care of those little sins. And so God is concerned about our hearts and what do we believe. Now, one of the things I was saying to Pastor a couple of months ago, I, I said, you know, I was watching a number of things. It's so sad that I, I clicked on uh, um, a, a, a uh, message and this preacher was talking about how they, they had a pain. They were doing something and they had a pain. And they went to their doctor and all of that. And I'm like, wow. I clicked onto this one and I heard about the same thing. There was no place that said I prayed first. Nobody said don't go to the doctor if you have to, if you need to. But right on the pulpit, people are preaching doctor preaching the economy to help you, the, the government, and... Um, color of skin. They are preaching everything else but faith in God. That's the reason why churches are closed today. Because this is revealing what is really in the heart of the people. Because ideally there's a corporate anointing when believers come together. 
And if the church believes in that, they would have fought it. They would, this is an opportunity to tell them, that, that, look, do you know who has been keeping you? Do you know how much diseases in the air that can kill a person a hundred times over? You think it's because someone comes and sneezes? That's not the root. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 15, I believe, is it 15, 53, 56, somewhere? Let's look at it. Just put it, put it up. It says that the sting of death is sin. The sting of death is sin. It's not at you. <laughs> That's not the problem. And this is an opportunity for the church. And they are missing it big time. But thank God we have not missed it. This is not about rebelling against authority. There is a higher authority. And that's one of the things that we have always taught. That you submit to authority. But when a higher authority comes, which is the authority of the word of God, you submit to that one. And God told us, even in that scripture, I may not go to it, it says your doors shall be continually open. I believe when we saw that scripture, we didn't think anything of it. I believe that there are churches in places who are still holding, not only us. I believe that. But majority of the church, it should be in the news that the believers have gone to church and they are calling the corona victims, come, let's lay hands on you. What is all that you are preaching? These signs shall follow them that believe. And then when the sickness and disease comes, you run. There was even a thing going with a preacher laying hands on somebody with face mask. How ridiculous is that? You are better off. Don't even pray. Why would you be doing that with face masks and gloves? It is exposing what we believe. And my prayer is that after this blows over, and it will blow over very quickly, Amen. that we will change. That we will no longer be afraid or ashamed to tell our co-workers, to tell the people that we meet, that we have an opportunity to tell. Jesus is Lord. Secure your future. Because you think this is bad, at least we have our houses to run to. What about when fire starts dropping from the sky? Amen. Where will you run to? We need to think about these things. And we need to let people know you, you are running to your house. Praise God. You have an opportunity now. By the time fire starts dropping, if you give your life to Christ, you won't be here. Because then there will be fear. Bible says that people will be running to the rocks and saying, fall on us. That's how bad the things that will be going on will be. This is just a taste. And, and it looks as if this, these things have been going on. Pastor was telling us about the earthquake. Nobody heard about it, right? <laughs> because we're fo focusing on other things. But things have been going on. Little by little, things are showing up. People are being warned. But people still turn a deaf ear. Oh, it's just a natural phenomenon. It's just a, this. When God has already told us, birth pains have begun. Before a woman gives birth, Many times, weeks before, there's already signs, sometimes even months, what he calls the Braxton Hicks contraction. <laughs> practice. This is practice. And if you are afraid, 
This is practice. Now, if the practice scared you this much, what do you think the real thing is going to be like? And that's the mindset that we should have when we are preaching to others. Because in this time, people are running to, to Psalm 91. Thank God for Psalm 91. And we, you know we declare it. But it is a defensive thing. We need to, to, to read that psalm the way David read it. He was declaring about what he knew about God, not because he was looking for protection. But Psalm 91 is running all over the place. Everybody's quoting, like, say this psalm every day before you go. Say, that was, that's not, that was not the point of that psalm for the believer. It is the believer's stance that is manifested in that psalm. So that's when, you, if you think that he's reciting it seven times, that's not what he's going to do. That's not what he's going to do it. It is what is in the heart. What you know about God, what you believe about God's ability to save. That's what makes the difference. And that's the reason why the Bible says meditate on the word day and night, day and night. How do you think people are so fearful because they are meditating on corona day and night, day and night? They are dreaming of corona. They are panicking because they are meditating on it. The, the media is feeding through the enemy. It's feeding. Faith comes by hearing. Fear the same way. And that's the reason why we can't spare. It's good to get some information. <laughs> But you can't spend all your time, especially if you are afraid, meditating on these things. Strengthen yourself in the word. Reinforce what you have known, what you have believed, what you have heard. Examine yourself like the scripture says. Am I in faith? What do I believe? If somebody tells me now that a, a corona person walks through that door, what will I do? Don't tell me. Amen. Trust you. <laughs> you are God. Brethren, we are not saying that God called destruction. Please do not ever get us wrong. But we are saying that this is that which has been prophesied. And I was telling pastor, I said, wow. There are so many things going on and saying that some of them, some people said, said it was, this thing was fabricated in the, in the lab, all of those kinds of things. It's not impossible. Because of the wickedness of man. And I said to myself, I said, wow, all of these destructions that were, that were prophesied and everything, the true, very truth is that man, in whatever form or shape, is the one who brings it upon himself. The sinner man. Let me qualify that. The sinner man, the one who would not believe God. The one who would rather depend on his intellect. The one who would rather depend on statistics of what people are saying rather than what the word of God says. This is our foundation. The word is our foundation. It's a sure foundation. Every other thing is shaky ground like we have seen. Everybody, some people would have said, oh, let me run to America. Maybe they have the answer. Let me run to Israel. 
worldwide. Worldwide. And that's the reason why we have to have it here. So even if they come today and they force these doors shut, they cannot force it, force it shut here. Amen. To be open. Hallelujah. This is our opportunity to shine. And part of that shining is in preaching the gospel with signs, with wonders and miracles. I was telling pastor, I said, it's amazing. Our teams for the past few years, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Signs, wonders, miracles. Harvest, joy, everything is in the word. And it's pointing us one place, one final place. What God has called us to do, heaven. Our education, our business, the way we make money, the way we live, our relationships, everything. One final place, that's the most important. So everything else here, God has given it to us to enjoy, praise God. And we will enjoy it, but we will not enjoy it and forget. Hallelujah. And so some of the things that God is saying to us this morning, I want to read, read a few things. Did you see where it says, talks about, is there, it says the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the Lord. And then you can, we, we, we read, um, did we read Hebrews 3.12? All right. So we read, we, so the antidote to the corona and every other sickness and disease is righteousness. Yes, the word. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. We talked about the kingdom of God, right? Peace. We just finished talking about peace. That's part of your heritage as a born-again believer. Why? Because in the midst of trouble, the Bible says, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but I give you my peace, that where I am you may also be. So Jesus may not be here physically right now, but we can be where he is. We are seated with him in the heavenly places. And we need to reign and we need to, to, to do the things that we are doing right now from our seated position. So maintain your seat. Don't get up for nothing. Stay seated and rule and reign. Don't run around the place in fear. Fear is not your portion. As a matter of fear, fact, fear is a weapon of faith. You, you take fear, you give up your faith. They don't work together. They do not go together. You, give, you, you have to cho- pick one. You have to choose. And that's the reason why one of the first things that God said to Abraham, the first place that you see, you, you, you hear it mentioned, fear not, Genesis 15, 1, he says, fear not, for I am your exceeding great reward. And I'm thinking to myself, as I was studying in this time, I, says, I, I, I said, he just finished fighting a battle. That was fearless. And God came to him and is saying, fear not, I am your exceeding great reward. In other words, what I began to see that God is saying, I'm not the one you should fear. I'm not the one bringing calamity on you. If you want to know who I am, I am your exceeding great reward. He says, don't be afraid of me. 
Because Abraham probably saw God, God came to him and he was probably like, oh, the almighty God, he could feel the presence. But God said, don't be afraid of me. I don't hurt the ones who look to me. I don't hurt my children. I'm not in the business of hurting people. He says, I am your reward. If you're looking for peace, if you're looking for abundance, if you're looking for provision, me, moi. Because people are afraid of the wrong things. They're afraid of God. God is just going to kill me. I sinned. I sinned. <laughs> hey, that's not what you should be afraid of. Even though, at the end of the day, if you don't repent, there's destruction and hellfire. And you took yourself there. We have to make it very plain and very clear because he says, I said before you life and death. Choose life. See, there's already death roaming around. There's death out there. Outside of me, there is already death. So now I'm letting you know that there is life. So choose life. Choose life. And my prayer is that when this thing blows over, that believers will begin to choose life. Choose God. So that we can change the statistics. Instead of competing with the world in the badness, they will say, come, we have noticed something. The believers are not being affected by these things. They are not being affected by divorce. They are not being affected by, by in, lack of integrity, by sickness, by disease. These people are of a rare breed. They are a rare kind. We need to study them. That's what it means to shine. It's not about your bling bling. Thank God for bling bling. But the true shining is when we begin to follow the things of God and we stand out in the midst of darkness. And darkness and light shines brighter in the dark. Just think about it. Everything is going all good. And we are shouting, we are the light, we are the light. We are shining. This is our... Now that it's dark, this is the time. This is when the church's voice... voice would be heard louder. Now. And they bring all kinds of, you know, now you, you need to use wisdom. Now you want to use wisdom. You know what wisdom is? The fear of the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom. I've heard all kinds of, of, of crap coming from even the church. But what they are using it is to camouflage their fear. Yes. My prayer is that that change will come and it will be realized. Hallelujah. And so the Bible says that we should not fear. There was, the scripture says in Revelation 3.10, I also want you to see that so that you will also know. Again, just more of what God is saying. In Revelation 3.10, he says that I'll protect you. He says, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon there. Is our promise. We have a promise. He said, 
You keep the word of my patience. You, you, you keep the word. He says, I will also keep you from the hour of temptation. Which will, there's no negotiation. You can't pray it away. You can't pray this one away. But we have got a promise that he said he will keep us. And he is keeping us. Because we have decided to keep his word. And look at what the psalmist says. The psalmist in, um, in, in, in Psalm 112, verse 6 to 8, he says that, he says, Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Know what evil tidings is? Bad news, rumors. The Bible says the righteous shall not be afraid. His heart is what? Fixed. Fixed. Those are very strong and important words. He said his heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. When something is established, it means you are settled. You have gone through some of the shaking, some of the, I don't know, maybe this, maybe this. Just think about a company that is established. They have been doing business for a long time. They have tried some certain things. They are established. They've grown. That's the Bible says your heart should be that way. Not easily moved. Fixed. His heart is established and shall not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. Praise the Lord. That's why you don't fear the symptom. You don't fear all of those things. You don't fear anything. You will see your desire on that sickness and disease. Gown. If you keep your heart fixed. It may try to show his ugly head. You deal with it because your heart is fixed. Your heart is stayed. This is the time where we need to exercise bulldog faith. The fact that symptoms come does not mean that you should start cowering. That's the time to stand. Yes. And you fight back. Why did God say, uh, say in his scriptures that we are soldiers? Natural shoulders are running to the war front where they know there's a possibility they will be killed. How about the church? Soldiers of Christ. And listen to me, I'm, 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 not, I'm not laughing at the church. Okay? It's just funny. I'm not laughing, but it's not really funny though. Because things like this also brings reproach. To the name of God. We think that it's just about us. Hallelujah. And so we're talking about the fact that if you notice something in scriptures, before I leave to my next point that I'm going to make this morning, that I, I saw the statistics that the word fear not in the Bible is like 365 times. And somebody even said 366. It's like one fear not for every day of the year. Fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. He's saying fear not. Because fear contaminates your faith. And if you notice something, every time Jesus wanted, well, somebody will come to Jesus telling them about an issue, one of the first things he will say is fear not. Relax, fear not. Because he knows that in the midst of fear is where there is every evil work. 
And so that's why we, can, we can't afford to be afraid. And I'm talking about, we, don't, not, don't come to church. And you know it's not only you guys I'm preaching to, right? Don't go to church and show bold face and be at home and be afraid. Deal with it. With the word. And the way you do with it, like I said, with the word. Shut that news down if it's making you shake. Amen. That's why the Bible says obedience is so important. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And um, like, like we said already, we are, we are going to, we are, I believe that change, just change has come. Uh, Esosa was telling me the other day that she had all of this set up that she was supposed to do. They cancelled everything. She said, I've never experienced anything like this before. They're actually cancelling it. That was a couple of months ago. Some things that they were doing for, for school or something. And the, 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 we're getting uh, letters from school from their, their counsellors and every chancellors, what they call them, provosts. And they'll say, they say, I've been in this place for over 40 years. Nothing like this. Change has started. And what we do with that change matters a whole lot. Let's not ignore it because it has come. It has, already been, it has already been there little by little, but this is the most visible so far. This is the most visible so far. Hallelujah. Let's go to where I was going with this. If you see, if you, verse 6, put verse 6 from Isaiah. Isaiah 60, I believe it's verse 6, that says that um, the, 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 the wealth shall come to us. So the multitude of camels shall cover the, the which the dromedaries, and the, there's, a, there's another translation that I had on. Let me see if I have it here. But that's fine. That's what it means. The, the multitudes of camels shall cover the, the dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, and all they from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall shew forth the praises of God. Amen? And the Bible is saying that at the, usually at the end of, and that's the reason why you always focus on the other side of the prophecy. The, the destruction is not your portion. We have compassion, and we are here to do, to help to shine, to bring people out. But that's not your portion. Our portion is always glory. And every time there has been a calamity, or every time the enemy tries to wreak havoc, after that is wealth transfer. And even in the midst of it, it's wealth. And so after this, God has already told us ahead, and we have to believe for it. We have to release our faith for it. Is a track record of God. God is not faced by any economic situation. He's not moved. And thinking about that, it's like they want everybody else to go in, but they don't want to close Wall Street. Exactly. <laughs> that's when you know the, the, who their real God is. And that's what we're going to be looking at some of those things, mammon. Bible says you can't serve God and mammon. There are some people who we go to work, but they will not come to church. There is a distinguishing, there is a showing for because light has come and it is showing 
what has been hidden, what has been in the hearts of people. It's showing up. Oh, I'm so excited. We are living in great times. I am so excited. I say, Lord, you... And that's the reason why everything that he says concerning me, I'm also looking, what is he saying? What's my part in this? What is my part in this? And I want to do it. I want to do it. Hallelujah. We have to stay in that place. So where were we? Were we reading something? Okay, that there's wealth transfer. Now, if you, if you also check, put up Haggai chapter 2. And when God began to talk to them about building the temple and saying, look at the glory of this temple. And we read the same scriptures not too long ago. There are so many scriptures that we've been using this last few months or years in this church that is just there. He says, this thing will come to pass. It will not delay. It will no longer be a byword. When did these things, when are these things, everybody is saying, when are these things going to happen? He says, things are going to happen so fast, your head will spin. He says, because every vision will come to pass. And we have decided that we are staying on the right side, the Lord's side, the good part of the vision. But every other thing that people have been making a snare and saying, oh, when is it going to happen? It's it's come to pass. Now, the Bible begins to talk about in Hagar when he was talking about, we'll just read it, it's okay. Follow me very quickly. He said, in the seventh month, in in the one and 20th day of the month, came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai. Some people say on October 17th. <laughs> it says, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shiltel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jeshedek, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in the comparison as if it were not? Do you think that when Jesus was walking this earth and the disciples, that they would run away? What did Peter said? He said, we cannot help but preach this gospel. Even when they were being thrown in jail, he was being threatened with jail time. He says, we cannot help but preach this gospel. He says, ye now be strong, O Zerubbabel, said the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Jesodek, this high priest, and be strong, all you people of the land, said the Lord, and walk, for I am with you, said the Lord. He says, walk, I am with you. Why would he say walk I'm with you? Because there's a tendency that the lack of work is due to fear. I can't, I can't, I don't know. He says, I am, I am the one who strengthens you, protects you, gives you the ability. He said, walk. He said, according to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remained among you. Fear ye not. For thus said the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, And I will shake the heavens and the earth, and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, said the Lord. After the shaking, always comes glory. Remember Egypt? When there was shaking, the the, 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 the children of Israel left. They spoiled the Egyptians. They took their gold, they took their silver, they spoiled their economy and they left. The world has since been trying to spoil our economy. Wealth transfer has come. He says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. 
The glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former, said the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, said the Lord. You know, one of the things that has been very easy, we are, we are spiritual people. We cannot be asleep. The Bible says, arise from your sleep, O ye that slumber, and Christ will shine on you. They have been fighting prosperity even much more in this last few periods. Why? It's all part of this. They are trying to stop the gospel because we are getting into the last fight. Hallelujah. And that's why you all, we cannot be on the defensive. Praying Psalm 91 on the defensive. And every other thing you are praying, pray it. Like you know who God is. Because look, my husband watches, you know, I don't mind sports, but I've learned some things when I'm watching with him. You never win or you are asking for trouble if you play defensive game. If you play defensive game, you you are just asking for trouble. You have to be on the offensive, even if you already have six goals. We've seen it time and time again. Somebody just come right from behind you. You had six goals and scored ten. And all your six, six, six goals it not matter, does not matter anymore. This is not the time to play defensive. We have to get on the offensive. Find out what, what is our part in this place. And one thing we know for sure, intercession and soul winning. And of course, we are we're going to receive the wealth. Hallelujah. Now, one of the things that we have, our kingdom wealth, we're supposed to have kingdom wealth this coming week, and nothing is stopping us in terms of the fact that we are still teaching when we come on Wednesday or Sunday or whatever, and I'm going to share a little bit today, amen, on part of that wealth, because we need to know what to do when the wealth comes. We have already been teaching about it, sharing about it, but we need to be established in it to make sure that we are not serving mammon. And one thing about wealth is that people are in different places and we want to get to the highest place. There's a place where, there's a time where you make money and then you have to manage money so that money money doesn't manage you. And then you have to multiply money. Too many people are in the place of making money and they don't even know how to manage money. That's why there's so much debt and no multiplying, unfortunately. But that is changing, right? Now, one of the things that has been, been that was being fed this period, and, I, and it's probably still going on, people are still posting all kinds. Even in the midst of Corona, they have still, they still post some. It's, it's, it's just interesting. I think that there are certain things that God allows me see because I'm not a person who goes and sits in social media. I go by leadership of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so there are some things that I just see that is like I need to see. And I saw again, they are still. I'm thinking in the midst of this Corona, believers are still posting about pastors that are thieves. Is that what you are supposed to be doing now? That's not what you're supposed to be doing now. And what happens when people, when the enemy begins to make people talk about this money and we need to be strong in it and not be nervous about talking about money, right? He's feeding the greed in the human nature. Is that greed 
that is on the inside of human beings, that he's now beginning, okay, the, the pastor is doing this. They're taking your money. Guess what? Everybody's taking your money. Yes. If you are living here on earth, doing any kind of, receiving any kind of products or service, they are taking your money. Your hairdresser, your, your, your beautician, your beauty, wherever you buy your, your clothes from, the grocery stores, the government, they are taking your money in taxes. You want to give the high hairstylist, give your shoemaker, give the government, but you don't want to give God. You are saving mammon. Everybody else is like everybody else is okay. Give them your money. Make them rich. You know you all contributed to the rich people's money, right? All those we are looking at, they are rich. You contributed. You bought anything from them, you contributed. So they won't give everybody money. Contribute to their wealth. But don't give your money to the church. And some dumb, dumb Christians are listening because of greed. If you tell them they are greedy, they will not... They won't agree. If you tell them you are serving mammon, they won't agree. But we are going to call it as it is. With or without those people serving mammon, God will do his work. But the wise ones will say, Lord, take all my money. I want to be a part of it. Oh boy, some will say coronavirus, you're still telling people to, you're still telling people to give coronavirus. The, the government is planning bailouts. What is that? He's giving. He's giving. In the midst. Not sure about whatever, but giving. It is a principle of increase. It's a principle of faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> we pray that it will not get to those bad levels Amen. where things will crumble because that's, like Pastor was saying, that's one of the aims. I'm talking about we are praying for the people, for us, we are not partaking. Amen. The wealth will be transferred to us. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> so everybody's taking their money and they're complaining about the church. They say, why are you um, flying a jet? What is this on my face? Stay over where? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So why are you flying a jet? They think that the spirit of mammon and greed thinks that it's okay for you to fly a jet to a business meeting, to a political meeting, to a, uh, what other meetings do they go? Sports meeting. But entertainment, concerts, to do whatever you like. But when it's to preach the gospel, then it's a problem. Why are you? God needs people with jets and helicopters in this time. 
So that if he says, look, there is somebody over there, I need you to reach them. They are not on Facebook. Get in your helicopter right now. This is the address. Go there. You'll be able to go. Hallelujah. I don't, want to, I don't want to run ahead. There's some things I want to mention to you because we need to understand what is going on because the enemy is leading people blindly and they are following. The same way that all those people you think that it's okay to give your money to have expenses, the church has expenses. They turn on their lights. We turn on our lights. They pay mortgage. Or whatever it is they pay rent. We, we do, the church ha- does the same. Though we're getting to a place where we need to own everything. Right. The ministers need to be taken care of. The same way they need to pay their employees. What's your problem? The same way their organizations, the organizations need money to, raise, to, to, to do what they need to do. The church needs money to do what she's doing. Now, when the world is in ignorance, you say, well, they are blind. But when the church joins them, it's so sad. It's almost like they are an enemy of God, of the progress, of the kingdom. I'm anointed to use hard words without offending. Amen. Because sometimes when it comes out, I'm like, uh, uh, uh. But my, 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 um, my intention is not to offend. It's to stress. That's how it comes to me. And so I'm done running from it. Hallelujah. (laughs) Even the media that we use is not cheap. You want to use some good, nice presentation. You need good cameras. Praise the Lord. And let me tell you, not everybody you see, all those people you see in churches, especially big churches, you think they are coming for free. They need to put food on their families' tables. So all of these things, outreach, administration, everything, just the same way that you might see in a secular organization. But on top of that, when God needs us to go, no excuses. We can go. No, no boss, nobody saying you need to walk. That's why you can't do it. You need to pay all the bills first. That's why you can't do it. Because he wants to establish his covenant. And so what am I saying? That we need to have a godly relationship with money. Because we already have a relationship with money already. But you have to make sure that your relationship with money is godly. It has to be godly. Otherwise it's mammon. So a godly relationship, not a servant relationship. Because Jesus said in Matthew 6... 24, you can put it up. He says, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve two masters. Matthew 6, 24 says, no man can serve two masters. For he will either hate the one 
and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot save God and mammon. He says you cannot. You cannot. Now what I find very interesting is that God is comparing himself to mammon. That's the only place. He didn't compare himself to the devil. I don't, know, I don't even want to use the word compare. That's what he's saying. You can't save God and mammon. He didn't say you can't save God and the devil. You know why? The way you make money, the way you increase money and all of those things is very similar to the way you save God. What you need to do many times is about what it also takes to save God. For example, your dedication and your commitment to work. Don't we tell you to be faithful at work? And you need to be faithful in church. The way that you need to to meditate and, and strategize and think about how you can increase is the same way you need to meditate on the word of God. The way you need to Touch your business like they will say every day. It's the same way that we say you have to spend time with the Lord every day. And most times people are at work all day long. Mind is on, on the job, on the money, on what to do and all of those kinds of things. The same way that our minds are supposed to be stayed on him continually. So it's a problem. Because for your business to grow, you have to do research. <laughs> you have to research. You have to find out what you, need, what you need to do. You have to, you know, don't be left behind. When, when the world is going and getting into ships to move from one country to the, to the other, you can't be, be trekking with a career <laughs> on foot. And so as things change, you want to grow, you want to be on the cutting edge, you want to be in that place where you grow and you develop if you're not going to be swallowed up and everybody just tramples on you and go in business. That's the reason why. But doing that does not now mean that you should leave the things of God. And so what's the difference? The difference is the way that we use that money to serve God. So after you have gone and you have done all of these things, a godly relationship with money and making sure that you are saving God rather than money is to use that money to save God. I thought I was going to hear a louder amen. amen. I hope you all are using your money to save God. Yes. Okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> Otherwise, there will be no difference between you and the other greedy person that you call greedy. That you say, look at these drug pushers. What? They are doing anything to get money. They don't even care. You'll be the same as them. In God's eyes, you are exact same. Because you are using the money towards getting this money every which way you can to save yourself. Hallelujah! <laughs> Praise the Lord! <laughs> Oh, Lord, hallelujah. The final things of life, like they will say, it all costs money, right? But we cannot chase 
money at the expense of God. We can't chase it and leave God out. God must be a part of it. Asking him where to work, where to invest, what to do. Because you find out that sometimes people change location from churches because of a job offer. That's also mammon. If God says you should move, you move. But if God says, no, I want you planted in the church, I'll take care of you. Or he even says, stay with that salary. Our, our position is to be, yes, sir. Because our lives are to serve him. The Bible says in Proverbs um, 1, 32, if you look at it, put Proverbs 1 up. Let's see, maybe we can read a few verses. It says that the prosperity of the fool will destroy him. And the one who is always looking for money or who is looking for rich, quick schemes, thinking that if I keep my money, the Bible says money will run from you. Money will run from the person. Maybe we can read from 22. Let's read from 22. It's good to read some scriptures, right? Because since this money is coming to the church, we need to have a godly relationship and know what God says. He says, How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Quick, quick, 23. Churn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit upon you. I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called, you have refused, I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But you have set at naught all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. So even when you say, God is saying to you, look, tight, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, give, or sow into my kingdom. All of it, study, meditate, all of it is all here. It says, it's like, you're not listening. I'm trying to show you how to have a happy family. I'm trying to have, show you how to have a, a good relationship with at home. Walk in love. You're not listening to any one of it. It's all part of it, right? It says, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. So you see, when I was laughing, <laughs> I was being godly, right? Not, not without compassion, but because God has compassion. But he still laughs. Because nothing will steal God's joy. Amen. He says, when your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, go on, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me, but they shall not find me. There's a time that it will be too late. For they that hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they will none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way, be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of the fool shall destroy them. And we, the, one of the definitions that we know of who the Bible calls a fool is a person who says that there is no God. There is no God. So the Bible says that our prosperity is what is going to be their destruction. And that's why we have to warn them. They are, they are, they are, they don't, they are not saying, oh, churches, go. If you, if you believe, like you say you believe, please go. But leave Wall Street open, but churches, stay home. In short, I'm not even concerned just about the, the... I'm not even just talking about the government. The concern is the churches. At the end of the day, that prosperity that they were pursuing and uh, not putting God in the equation will be their destruction. 
You know, there's so many things going on that some of you are so innocent of, and I'm so happy for you. The things that people do for money, you have no, some of you have no idea. I just read recently one of the governors, a former, I think it was a former governor of one of the states in one of the country, um, African countries. I don't want to say which African country. Had a covenant. He pretends like he's a Christian in the daytime. He hangs around with pastors. But he has a covenant that he made with another God and with some of his sponsors to put him in office that, he, that they would... He would leave the treasury open to them. If they put him in office, they can take whatever money they want. And then he made this covenant and then they buried it. And that's the reason why we need to know who our leader is. That God is who we are looking as a supreme authority in our lives. And one of the testimonies that came out of that place is that that place is so backward. They, they are sinking money into it. Nothing is happening because he has made a covenant. An unrighteous one. And maybe there are not enough Christians or people who know who they are to stand up against it. And people are suffering and dying. And a few people are filling their pockets with money that they cannot spend in a lifetime. The spirit of mammon. But at the end of the day, they will be destroyed. Because they, they, are, they are hanging out with pastors, so they can't say they don't know. But they chose. Most of the things that we see, and many times, even with us, that's why we have to check ourselves. We pretend as if we don't know. No, it's a choice we, have, we are making. And we have to make sure we are making the right choice. Praise the Lord. Can we give a shout? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we use money to serve God, money will serve us well. Blessing without sorrow. That's what the Bible says. It says in, I, I believe it's Proverbs 10, 20. So put it up there. The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and it has no sorrow with it. Because when, when we bring our tithes, our offerings, when we use our money to serve God, we're walking in the blessing. We're, we're like, Lord, everything is yours. He said, the blessing of the Lord, it make it rich. And he added no sorrow with it. No sorrow. Put up Matthew 6, 33, and I'm getting ready to round up. Hallelujah. Matthew 6, 33 says that, it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. And if you read that whole chapter, you see that he talked a lot about, about money too and provision. Amen? But he says here very specifically that we should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything that we think we are seeking that money can buy for us. He says it will be added to you. But it will be added to you the proper way. Put Deuteronomy 8.18. Now, the church, we're we are understanding the right relationship of money with money, right? The church has a very clear, defined purpose why it needs, wants money. Your money. <laughs> I'm putting it like that. See, the church wants my money. God wants your money. 
that he gave you. He wants you to serve him joyfully. That when you've gone out there and you have walked, that you bring it happily to him. Deuteronomy 8.18 says that, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. Of course, we know what before the scriptures he talks about, about the fact that when you have eaten and you are full. Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swear unto thy fathers, as, as it is this day, clear-cut vision for wealth. Very clear. He says God is giving you financial prosperity. He doesn't have a problem with you spending. He doesn't have a problem with you eating well. He doesn't have a problem with you living well and driving well and flying well. What he has a problem with is if you forget him. He has a problem with if you don't bring of that money to serve him. Even beyond what he stipulated. And we need to watch our hearts so that when we are giving to God, we are not just looking for every last penny. At least I'm giving my tithe. I don't have now. No. <sighs> Praise the Lord. Put up Zechariah 1, 16 to 17. We're going to read that again. So money empowers us to do what God has called us to do on this earth. Zechariah 1. Read from 16 to 17. Hallelujah. We're not going to run from talking about money because we have a clear defined purpose for it. The Bible says that the, the voice of the poor man is despised. Why is the media making so much noise? They have the money to do so. If we had many Christian news channels, if we fought for our voices to be out there in the media. Because sometimes you'll be surprised at some of these media, you'll be surprised that they even get together and decide what they tell you and what they don't tell you. There was some news I heard recently that I don't think is, is necessary for me, to, for me to mention it. About something that happened that you'd have thought would have been all over the news. From the last government, it was kept so quiet. Shocking! What? These people that like to tell stories, not one of them carried it. At least they didn't carry it enough for, for it's something that everybody would have been talking about if it had been propagated. But it wasn't. That's why we have to know who our, our leader is, our true leader. Who we are, we are, we are submitting to. Who is number one in our lives? Who is the reason why we do what we do? The reason why we submit to our government and we pray to pray for them and we, we, we are law-abiding citizens. But there is a line. You can't cross that line. When God has said something and when you say something, let's look. Mm -mm. It's contrary. That's where it stops. He says, therefore, thus said the Lord, I, have I am returned to Jerusalem with mercies. My house shall be built in it. And if you read, this, this chapter is after Haggai chapter 2, right? When he was talking about how he's going to give the wealth 
The gold is his, the silver is his, right? And he will bring glory to the church. He says, Therefore, thus said the Lord, I am returned to Jerusalem with mercies. My house shall be built in it, said the Lord of hosts, and a line shall be stretched forth upon Jerusalem. Verse 17. Cry ye, saying, Thus said the Lord of hosts, My city's true prosperity shall yet be spread abroad, and the Lord shall yet comfort Zion, and shall yet choose Jerusalem. So we need money to spread the cities of God. To spread the word of God. And when you hear anything about something that sounds big to you, I think it's time for us to begin to change it. Because as we're learning about finances and we're getting ready to receive some more finances and wealth, we need to know that we cannot allow things like helicopter and aeroplane look so big to us. That's the spirit of greed and mammon is like what uh, uh, because you have to have a mindset these are just tools tell somebody say an aeroplane is just a tool for me a big house is just a tool for me and the benefit of serving God too you have to see these things don't say ah 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 helicopter ah oh 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 ah. That's how it will run away from you. You have to see it as nothing. Tools. You think if God comes to earth now, you'll be in a, a, a helicopter. Even Elijah. Is it Elijah? Elisha? Which one? Elijah. When it was time to, for him, he called for chariots of fire. That's how we are going by rapture. We ain't dying nothing. Hallelujah. And that's another thing. If you have determined in your heart that you're going by rapture, you rapture, you will not be afraid of Corona now. Corona, is that, is that the name of a car too? There's a car, Corolla. Okay, Corolla. It's very similar. No. So, so, so we're going to be flying through rapture, by rapture. And even the Corona, sometimes some of you shall... Some of us, some of people, some people that we know, not us. They say the corona has been around on your bleach bottle. It says it kills coronavirus. <laughs> now, the, it's there. Go and look for, look at it. But the enemy has so propagated fear. Some people, some of you may have been sick with it before. You didn't even know. But you got healed. Okay, some people we know before I've been sick. It is there. There are different strains of all kinds of things. But I'm telling you that our God is doing a great job in preserving us. But now they've made such a hoax. Worship Corona. Worship. That's what they are doing. They are worshipping Corona. It's just, it's, they are acting as if it's just coming out. This is new. There is nothing that the enemy is doing. He has, he has been destroying and killing. People are dying from all kinds of other diseases. Every day. But they are Corona. And so the name is so annoying to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we just have to stop that thing. We have to look at the fact that all of these things are tools in the hands of God. Money also is a worship to God. 
throughout scripture, money was used to worship God. Haven't you not? Have you, is, am, I saying, am I saying something wrong? When Jesus was born, the first thing, money. That's what the enemy wants to take. He wants to take your worship. Money, having money and bringing it to God is part of our worship. We don't have nothing to bring to God. Our worship is not complete. Because let me tell you something. When you say you are a person of God, it means God is taking care of you. He's giving you some stuff. He's blessing you. So for you to say, I have nothing to bring before God, you are saying God has not given you anything. So we need to be mindful of how we see it when we are when we are bringing that we're not looking at it like God is taking something from us, but we are worshiping Him with it. And this this talked about Bible says wise men from the east brought money. They showed their wisdom. Wise people bring their money to God. They give their money to God first before they give it to the club. She didn't go to the club, though. <laughs> I just felt like saying club. <laughs> Don't go there, right? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Some Christians go to the club. But if you give your money while you are going to the club, you will be delivered from the club. <laughs> You, you, think, you think because we don't come up here and talk about sin, talk about what evil and all kinds of atrocities are going on in the church. And now the enemy wants to, along with the fact that he's, 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 he's tempting people, luring them to commit all kinds of sins, he also wants to take their money too. At least with their seed in the church, it's the connection. But he wants to sever all, cut everything off, Stay with me. I think we don't know that some people get drunk the night before and come to church in the morning. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we, don't, we just don't focus on that. And our heart and our faith and our belief is that everybody, will, their eyes will be open to see. Amen. That's what we pray for. That's why people come in here. The Bible says, judge no man after the flesh. We don't see people and say, oh, you sinner. Whether we know what you are doing or not. Why do you think God doesn't give word of knowledge and revelation all the time of <laughs> what you did last summer, what you did the night before? That's not his main focus. He wants you to see him, fall in love with him, and choose him. Nobody can force you. He doesn't want to force you. It has to be by your choice. And so that's why he doesn't come here every morning and say, Hey, 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 Tulsa, the Lord, I saw you. You slept with that guy. Get out of my house. No, he says, keep coming. Keep coming. The psalmist says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And hopefully the people, they would choose on time. And not make it late. Because what happens many times is that, and what I mean by late is this, because I'm not just saying, oh, because you told a lie yesterday, you're just going to go to hell. Because many times when people become very familiar with sin and very comfortable with sin, after a while they can't believe anymore. Can't believe anymore. So it's a dangerous terrain to play with sin. 
or just like God is saying to the people, I've, I've been rebuking you, I've been teaching you, I've been, you won't turn around for my reproof. It's a wicked heart of unbelief is the result of it. Amen? And so we're going to use our money and we're going to worship our king. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Well, we'll continue on kingdom's wealth. Did you get anything today? Yes. Hallelujah! Yes. Glory to God! Glory to God! Glory to God! Amen!